I want to tell you a story about a friend I've had. He's a mean soul brother and he's super bad. So grab onto your seats and hold on tight. For the first ones to die, review Black Dynamite. You are now listening to The First Ones to Die. The First Ones to Die. First Ones to Die. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the First Ones to Die podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm here with Jerome and Alex. What is going on today, people? Well, you guys direct one. Where are you going to point out one? Because we all don't know who you're looking at. I'm doing swell. I'm doing good. You know, chilling. Nice. Nice. Uh, I bet you're chilling because you had a major victory last week. That's right. In our <laughs> trivia match, Battle of the Century, in case you were not here last week, we had an absolute mad game of trivia. <laughs> trivia <laughs> champ! Where Jerome became the trivia champ through a weird <laughs> amalgamation of uh, deduction and reasoning in guessing pictures of fountains that really put him over the edge and his Robin Hood knowledge. Uh, so therefore, he won the right to choose the movie that we review today on this very podcast. And the movie that he chose is called Black Dynamite. It is a film from 2009. It's rated R. Uh, IMDb describes it as uh, Black Dynamite is the greatest African-American action star of the 1970s. When his only brother is killed by the man, it's up to him to find justice. Uh, it's an homage to the great black exploitation films of the 1970s, and uh, it gets wild. Um, I have some thoughts about this movie. Jerome, <laughs> uh, uh, you would. Jumping back to the trivia thing real quick, uh, I do want to let my viewers know. That that was the first episode. My mom liked you more than me, <laughs> Jerome. Uh, she said she laughed harder when you were answering the question. She thought you were very smart, and I'm like, hey, I'm your daughter. Like, what about my compliment that I should be getting every week? So, but you were her favorite that week, Jerome. Just to let you know, have you yeah, well, know? I, I appreciate it. <laughs> and shout out to Alex's mom. Yeah, big shout out. Thank you very much. She's very like for the compliments. <laughs> anyway, so I want to know, Jerome, why did you decide to have us watch this movie? Um, well, there's a couple reasons. Number one, I remember like this is a video that I don't even know if it'll ever come out. Probably not. Uh, because we'll have to do commentary because we lost all the audio. But we did a re uh, a reaction to the bro um, something wrong with the Johnsons. Uh, Ari Aster's first ever like uh, first kind of feature, but not really. It's like thirty minutes. It's a short film. Um, I'm okay with losing that reaction. And then we had no audio, <laughs> so we never released this video. And I thought to myself, I was like, "What's another thing that's like fun and like dumb and would be like interesting to hear like?" all our thoughts or whatever to do and i was like and not you know black dynamite is a an amazing comedy for me i love it i think it's very funny i think it is really good at parody and so i was like i'm curious to see what alex and jonathan think about it like if they love the 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 comedy if they if it works for them if it doesn't work for them you know and if so if not you know or if so why and that sort of thing so i was just curious mostly um based off of just like 
you guys' reactions to something wrong with the Johnsons. Like it was not what I was used to hearing from like the consensus <laughs> on the internet. So I was like, ah, they, they have some like interesting opinions I want to hear about this. I movie. will say this though, with the Johnsons, that was just horrifying. <laughs> and we just talked about by like nausea with incest. And then like this was actually more fun. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know how, why you thought that you connected. It's more just, you guys this are very- This was fun. Sp- have, this was you enjoyable. Have, you have specific tastes. And I like, so I wanted to see what you're like, based off of that taste. They, like, I learned that with the Johnsons. So I was like, I, I'm curious with your specific taste, if you would enjoy this movie. So um, like stuff that you don't necessarily have to think about. You can just yeah. watch it okay. and- react to it enjoy i don't know if you would necessarily enjoy enjoy something wrong with the johnsons (laughs) to each their own but it is one of those things where it's kind of like like at least for me granted i know it's meant to be kind of like a serious horror film but i for me i always take it as like i take it as like popcorn like b horror where it's like this is happening i guess i don't know (laughs) and audience if you don't know there's something wrong with the johnsons you can watch it right after you finish listening to this episode on youtube it's available to stream so you can know what we're talking about and be horrified and it's also not a horror film i like horror films that was just disturbing i would argue it's like a psychological horror film (laughs) like it it plays on your emotions and your in your mental state a little bit. um i will say with the black dynamite you you are right it was way out of my territory at least because again previously i do enjoy horror films um i'm not a fan of like western films or you know spaghetti westerns i believe they're called mm-hmm. um which this also pays an homage to back from you know the 70s when they had that kind of western black thing going on um so this was really out of my realm even the bottom tier of it which was just the Western influence of it, uh, was even out of my realm. So it was enjoyable to watch a movie that was not something I would just go sit down and, you know, watch in normality. So Yeah, and I am not familiar with the I know the black exploitation genre, but I'm not familiar with specific movies you know i know you know it's part of the culture and everything but (laughs) it's well before my time and i think a lot of people my age would say the same thing well to get you get you started uh if after this you want to dive in i would say the first ones to kind of start with are like definitely shaft um super oh oh, i love uh, i didn't i didn't okay like those are those movies are kind of some of the the ones to start even though they're like they're the most popular but they're the ones that aren't the weirdest because once you start digging into like Dolomite and stuff, it's when it's when you start hitting like the most ridiculous. Oh, I remember Dolomite. Stuff. That's the guy with the lisp, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just didn't like that song. Like it just, it just like Dolomite hits a point where it starts becoming like crazy, and there's a lot of black exploitation films like that where stuff happens and you're just like, all right, <laughs> I guess this is what we're doing now. Okay. Yeah, and. When I first started watching this movie, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, because I had no idea what to expect. Uh, <laughs> you, you basically just told us, okay, this is a movie we're watching, find it, watch it, and then we'll talk about it. I had no idea what to expect, and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is like a, a tribute to the black exploitation movies, because obviously it's made in 2009. Obviously, the people who I'm seeing in it are people who, you know, would not look like that in the 70s. And then as I got further along in the movie, I'm like, Oh, this is a this is a tribute homage and a parody because it got 
very whimsical and, and nonsensical <laughs> towards the end. So <laughs> it did. It was yes. a lot of whimsy at the end where it was just like, oh. Yes. Even orphans are involved now. Okay. <laughs> okay let's go down that road. Yeah. Uh, by the way, before we get too far, like, first of all, this movie is really- me- mega old. So Alex, were you like, about really to put? Are, 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 were you about to say? I think I know what you're about to say. Are you going to say the spoiler warning? Yes, because there's some people that they just get all about it. However, the reality is, if you're worried about us spoiling Black Dynamite at this point, where there's been not only a movie but also an Adult Swim cartoon with two seasons, we right, like you go somewhere with yourself. All right, like be gone because <laughs> like that is ridiculous. All right, we're going to spoil this movie. We're going to talk about this movie. All right, that's that, that, that. This is the most impolite spoiler warning I'm gonna give, cause that'd be ridiculous. I will say this: there were a few things I had to look up myself mm-hmm. because I have not. I have watched quite a few modern films, um, with a mainly black cast, mm-hmm. but the older ones that you you know, like what we talked about, the corn fed thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what that was because I either watched Spanish films or American films. And they literally referenced that in this movie. Yeah, like that's where do you think within, I get that within, from? Within, I get it from Black Dynamite. <laughs> within like seconds too. I was like, oh that one I know. So I did have to look up a couple stuff because I am aware of certain stereotypes towards black people. But this movie really does go for like the ones that I didn't know, so I had to look up, and I'm like, really? That's a stereotype that's weird, but okay, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, all right, then let's uh, keep going with that. Like, it took me a second, because I'm like, is this really a stereotype they're trying to play? That's a weird stereotype. Some of the stereotypes were just weird to me, because I'm like, I wouldn't think about that. Like what? Th- can I think of one right now. Because <laughs> I was just like... Oh, my head's, like, blanking right now. There are just, like, a few I remember, like, when they were still, like, oh, hell. <laughs> well, I'll, okay, while you're thinking of that, I'll I'll tell you my uh, first. Yeah, because, Jonathan, you texted, and it was like, no, I oh, have wait. a lot of thought. Yes. So, okay, Alex, well, Alex go ahead. Alex, did you get it? Um, well, I knew this one was a stereotype, but I had not thought about it. In so many years, I kind of forgot it was a stereotype. The malt liquor thing. Uh. They even found a secret formula in malt liquor. That's how he got like the kung when he was in the uh, on the kung fu island. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that part and thinking, why? Why do they keep talking about malt liquor? I've forgotten about that stereotype. So oh, I that malt liquor is like a big thing. <laughs> yeah, for like the black and I like had to re-google it. I was like, all right, because nobody <laughs> ever mentions malt liquor anymore. Brings that up anymore? Oh no, the people still drink it. You know, just, no, I know people just, still drink it. Now it's, it's like, like people like you don't say malt liquor. It's like, hey, you got a forty? Because that's what malt liquors normally came in was a forty ounce bottle. <laughs> Maybe that's why I never thought about. It. I was like, oh, it's okay, malt liquor. Why are we? It's a weird. Why wouldn't it just be all various of alcohol or like something else? Because it's like okay, tequila for like Mexicans. And just like malt liquor seemed weird. I'm like, yeah, I guess I was thinking 40s. I'm like, why wouldn't they go to with 40s or a specific style of beer? Yeah, and also, in a lot of 70s, malt liquor was the thing. That is true, too. I have not watched a lot of films from the 70s unless they are horror. And another thing in like hip hop music today, too. Like, I remember seeing rappers drinking like 40s and malt liquors in old rap music. 
but now they drink like nicer shit. Like, yeah. All that stuff. So I guess <laughs> the in my stuff. mind, it I don't kind know why of, I said yeah. it like I'm dreaming. Yeah. Like, it was a well, simpler you, time. It was a simpler time when you could just go to Seven Eleven and get my well, like. So rock wasn't invented yet. Everyone yeah. just drank forties. Somebody was asking me like, "Why aren't you scared to get the vaccine?" I'm like, "I drank the original Four Locos that should not have been approved by the FDA. You think the vaccine is gonna scare me, really? Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> whatever they put in Four Locos, that shouldn't have been legal. Now it's really weak." Um. Okay. So when I first uh, turned this movie on, uh, within about uh the the first uh uh three minutes yeah we get some we get some skin and you know some sexual activity i forgot and i had i had my my volume on full blast (laughs) and i'm like i couldn't have gotten a warning here jerome you couldn't have looked out for me your parents probably were like jonathan what the world are you watching (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that was such an aggressive part too they were loud black dynamite was tearing it up I forgot. I honestly forgot. Like, I haven't seen this movie in a while. Um, so I forgot that that's the beginning of the film is like like three women just topless, <laughs> full on sex scene. But that's Within a reference the first to three minutes. Uh, that shot specifically, like how it shot is a reference to a, I forget which black exploitation film. But there's a black exploitation film where it's filmed that way, where it's the girl's face. Now, granted, you don't see uh, below like her full chest. It's like from the upper chest and her head to get a um, better rating at the time. But uh, it's just like, it, it is it is that type of shot. So it's a reference to that type of film style from back in the day is why it's um, filmed that way. Question, Jonathan. Did your yes. parents ever bring it up to you? No. Well, <laughs> okay. So I, anyway. Let's move on. Okay. Go, yes. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can think a little bit. Um, But also, okay, I have my notes right here. Um, Also, I'm a big Kim Whitley fan, and to see her was awesome. I think she's hilarious. She's only in it for like 0.2 seconds, but it was great to see her as well. She's in the show too, in the cartoon uh, they did. In fact, all of the all the cast returns for the for the cartoon. Uh, Really, Tommy Davidson, Byron Minns, and Michael Jai White—they all come back for the cartoon. Yeah, that was the first thing that I uh, was, like, noticing. I was like, oh, okay. When I was watching the movie and I would see all the different people who, like, Arsenio Hall, um, uh, Kim Whitley, uh, who else? Tommy Davidson. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the Proud family. So mm-hmm. to see and hear his voice was was very, uh, was very welcomed. Yeah, I... Um... I remember the first time I watched Black Dynamite because I think what had happened was I had watched, I had I had heard about Black. Di- I don't think I'd heard about Black Dynamite, um, re- really. But then Adult Swim had announced they were doing the cartoon, and this was after Boondocks had like gone off the air, and I was like, oh yeah, another black cartoon. This one's like in the seventies. This looks really cool. And there, and then uh, I watched the featurette on it, and Michael Jai White was in it. And he was talking about like, yeah, ever since we did the movie, like people, we have fans that have been like looking forward to the to the cartoon. I was like, movie? There's a movie of this? I gotta see it. And then I, when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, now I gotta watch the cartoon. 
because this because <laughs> this is hilarious, and it's it's one of the best parody movies ever, and it's so interesting because it was made in two thousand nine when you had other parody movies like uh, Disaster Movie, Scary Movie, you know all the all those movies, and those movies people are always like, oh, those are my favorite parody movies. It's like those aren't parody movies though, because a parody like the early Scary Movie ones are. But the ones after that, when they, like, just superhero movie and all these other ones, they're not parody movies. They're movies that spend all of their runtime making a thousand bottom-of-the-barrel reference jokes to uh, every other movie that's not even in the same genre. Versus this is what a parody movie should be. This is in the vein of stuff like Airplane and um, Naked Gun. And it's just like, this is a movie that stays in its pocket of, look, all of it takes place during the 1970s, but it's a parody of all of the ridiculous factors of the black exploitation 1970s films, down to even the continuity errors and stuff. Like, my favorite scene is when he's, like, fighting against Chicago Winds, like, a uh, group of people, and then Bullhorn just shows up out of nowhere. He's just there now. And he's just like, I'll take care of this corn-fed fool. And then he just like, and when he smacks that dude... <laughs> <laughs> and he and he actually hit him and he's just like hey man and then it just cuts and a new actor is there and, he just, <laughs> and it's the act and like stuff like that is hilarious because in real life i don't know if there's a movie specifically where it was that like obvious but that has happened in other black exploitation films that are supposed to be taken seriously that were like a like a stunt double is put in and it is clearly not the same double. black person but they were making movies on a shoestring budget like they didn't, they couldn't afford to do half at, of the half of the fancy stuff that hollywood movies could do yeah like at the end when uh the man gets his arm and it's a clearly a fake arm he has no blood <laughs> coming out of his arm he is clearly not in enough pain for someone who just got their arm chopped off <laughs> I don't know. Your body goes into shock. You don't feel pain. You don't even realize hey, you lost the that, arm. That might <laughs> be that might be a good point as well. Yeah. And depending on where you cut the arm, I know this is a robot. Uh, depends on the blood flow too. So there's always had to be a lot of blood. They could be more medically correct than all the other films <laughs> that like to just squirt blood. <laughs> uh, but one of the things I also um, liked about this yeah. was uh, obviously the language and the quotes. Uh, I wrote some of my favorite down. Uh, one of them was, uh, before we beat you like a rented mule, um, <laughs> use a corn-fed fool with a lot of muscle mass, but it's time for Bullhorn to get that ass. Um, <laughs> this meeting's private. How'd you get in? I walked in. I walked in. <laughs> I walked in. I love that joke. It's it's one where the delivery makes that I mean, joke where he's just like, I I walked in. I I don't. I, it was nothing special. I literally just came in through the door. Yeah. And what's funny is a lot of black exploitation movies are like that too, where a dude he just walks in the door, and then people are like, "How'd you get in here?" He's like, "You left the door open." Like I I, I literally just walked through. It wasn't that hard at all. I also probably my favorite was at the end. When uh, when the waitress uh, at the restaurant is saying, uh, okay, we have waffles, but we only have chicken for the meat. And he's like, chicken and waffles? And then the other man is like, that's it! And he runs away. 
the running joke about Roscoe's, because uh, you see, like, earlier, you see a sign where it says Roscoe's Chili and Donuts, and he's, like, trying to figure it out. And so when he's like, Chicken Waffles, I love the delivery of that joke, because it's like, it pays off. Where it's like, oh, that's how Roscoe's made Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. The franchise started here in Black Dynamite. Uh, my favorite is always uh, that... Um, uh, my favorite too, actually, is the first the nurse scene when he's with the nurse and he's like, "Really, Black Dynamite, man? What'd you expect? You brought her in there with them titties, <laughs> brought her in here with them titties. Like, what'd you expect to happen?" Uh, that one makes me laugh every time. And the other one is, "Ha! I threw that before I walked in the room." <laughs> and kicks him in the face. I think one of my favorite lines comes from Chocolate Giddy Up. Believe who said it? Uh, uh, I'm spending more bail money than I'm getting. Tail money. Tail money. <laughs> Chocolate is like, who is that supposed to be? Oh, that's Black Dynamite. I, I ain't ask you. <laughs> he's he's a big part of the show too. He he returns. In fact, like they get almost everybody for the cartoon. They, and Chocolate Giddy Up it gets a lot more time in the cartoon. If you want to watch it, it's on HBO Max. I saw that because I, um, I was so one. The name, the name needs more time on screen. Yeah, Chocolate I Giddy agree. Up. Um, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> looked at the show before I looked at the movie because the movie is is uh, is hard to find on. Str- well, it's not on streaming services. Yeah, I've watched it on YouTube. I like rented it on YouTube for like three dollars and watched it. I found mine on an offsite. Don't worry about it, <laughs> Alex. You're not supposed to say that this is going on the internet. Uh. Let me ask you this. Did, what did you think of the... So, uh, the thing about... Like, Black I don't Di- have somebody monitoring my internet already. <laughs> Your FBI agent. So, the thing about... Uh, my NSA <laughs> agent, thank you very much. Do you know him? Is his name Fred? I feel like his name's Fred. It's not Fred. I feel like it would either be George or Tom. Something really mm. simple. I feel like maybe a Tom. <laughs> I don't know. It has to be somebody boring, because I don't do anything other than, like sit and watch like rooster teeth a lot lately mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm back very much into their stuff so it's like he's got to be bored but sorry you were saying something jerome uh, i was saying uh the thing about black dynamite too is that it was a low budget film for real in fact that scene in the beginning when he kicks that dude through the wall uh michael Jai white told about that apparently to do that scene is they had that guy with a rope on him to pull him and then it was a fake wall and they had a counterweight like somewhere else, like offset. But they were so far away, and that was the only person to signal Michael Jai White when to kick him. And they only had two fake balls. And in the first one, like the first time they did the seed, he screamed. Uh, he said something, and Michael Jai White think he, thought he said now, or he couldn't hear him, so he was trying to just get some confirmation. And they just yanked him through the fake wall and destroyed the one, the one of the two. So they only had one fake wall to get it right the second time. And thank God they did because it came out looking good. So it's like that was kind of their attitude. But the big thing about Michael Jai White is that he actually is in real life uh, a martial artist. Like he actually knows um, karate and kung fu. I forget specifically what all the martial arts he knows. He knows a couple. Um, so he, and that, So the action sequences are really him like doing all of that all the kicks punches everything. i'm not surprised and i think i think that helps make the movie is that it's not just yeah like yes there's a lot of good jokes in there like where they make jokes about the continuity like kim whitley 
has that scene in the beginning where she's crying. And then throughout the there's scene, the... there's times with the tears on her cheek and there's other times where it isn't, but it's supposed to be the same scene. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> and the tears and just so sitting it's like, there. That's the... It's just like, yeah. yeah. Stagnant. I love fake tears in movies. It's just like, so it's like that stuff's it, fun. What is it? It's called the one manly tear. Yeah, because it's always when male characters cry. They, even though your eye dro- eye drops, come, your eye- tears come from here. So always here. <laughs> but it's like you know that stuff is cool. But I love that Michael J. White is also like he knows how to use nunchucks. Like he actually fights with nunchucks and stuff. Like that. That's the best stuff. Um, for me. And, and do we want? To- um, oh. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, Jerome, you mentioned earlier that your favorite character was Bullhorn. Why? Bullhorn is the epitome of every black exploitation character. <laughs> like, especially the way he like in the sh- in the movie, he rhymes t- like seventy, like to, I almost say fifty percent of, of his lines all rhyme together, but not all of them do. In the cartoon, they take it to the next extreme where all of his dialogue rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all rhyme schemes. And so it's like, I was like, man, Bullhorn is great because it's just like, there's so many black exploitation films where that's the cool thing is, you know, like, don't worry, mama. <laughs> like, like, especially that scene with uh, Black Dynamite where he's like, he's like, I'm going to shake the tree and rake up the fruits. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Jonathan? Who was your favorite character? Uh, I would. I. I also did like. Um, well, no, probably Tommy Davidson's character. I forget his name. Uh, cream. Yes, corn. cream corn. Yes, cream corn. I was corn. gonna say yeah, cream corn was my yes. favorite too. Uh, I love the hair curlers. Uh, Tommy Davidson in anything is just always hilarious, and uh, his embodiment of each character he he portrays is just. Like next level, you can tell he's having a great time. You can tell he's committed, and he's yeah, he's just hilarious. Um, one of the things I remember from the continuity errors were that when he's running away from Black Dynamite uh, out of the barber shop, there's like scenes where he, he's wearing like heels, but then they turn into flats, and then they're heels again, and then they're flats, and then they're here, and it's so funny because I was like looking at it, I'm like, how's he running in either of those? <laughs> Because he's also, like, doing this, like, weird, like, fast pace, but not fast pace, because I think the shoes. And I was just, like, I love that they just keep trading it in and out. And I didn't know about the continuity thing being part of the black exploit. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. Black exploitation. That takes me a second. Um, (laughs) Was a thing. I just know it was just something with old films that continuity was just terrible. Um, but seeing as that is, that makes a lot more sense of why they kind of almost seem to focus on it, too. Because I was like, mm-hmm. this is a really presentable, like, continuity error. error. You know, thinking about the whole film, I was like, oh, okay, this makes more sense about why things suddenly flipped. Um, the actor changed. Yeah, I remember seeing that now. And just stuff like that. I'm like, oh, now it makes sense to what you're saying to what I yeah. saw. Because, like I had previously stated, I had to look up some stuff. I didn't know things because I don't usually watch older films or watch films with a lot of black actors. I won't lie. I either watch Spanish films or American. Well, it is American. White people films. <laughs> is that a great way to say it? With the main character being white. Uh, <laughs> um, 
So it was really nice to like see that, and it was just funny in yeah. general. <laughs> so before the podcast started, uh, for those who are listening, um, in my background, I have uh, Little Richard. Uh, and before the podcast started, uh, Jerome started laughing to himself, and we're like, Jerome, why are you laughing? And Jerome said that he was laughing because he just noticed that my background, uh, he just realized why my background was Little Richard. And Alex was like, wait, I still don't get it. So, Jerome, would you like to explain why my background is Little Richard in reference yeah, to this in movie? in reference to that, that scene in the diner when they're figuring out the Anaconda malt liquor thing. And he's like, it gives you a Little Richard. And what's another name for Richard? I love that they don't even say it. They just look down wait, at their legs and they're just no, like, I wanna, oh, my God. I want to make, I want to, I want to get, Jonathan, are you making a dick joke? No. <laughs> that's that's little richard is just the first person i thought of or the first image that came to my mind when <laughs> i thought of this movie right but that whole part of the joke was that it um made small so technically you have officially made a dick joke the first one on the podcast and it's done by jonathan little richard deserves more recognition dang it okay so if it's on- <laughs> you made the connection he, especially because he died last think- year like i feel like it oh, came and right. went that his that he i know no one really talked well, about that much. so many people t- <laughs> that's true in 2020 it was a year i literally told my that's cat, true i mean the death count in 2020 yeah, was pretty high was, i literally told my cat look you're not allowed to die in 2020 because there's so many deaths we're not having it she went in January 1st. January 1st. And she's like, all right, fine. I'll hold you to that. And then she's like, oh, well, well new year, I'm out. New year, dead me. But I just. <laughs> oh, my god! I feel like if we ever have, like, merchandise, that's going to be a shirt. Is new year, dead me. <laughs> that was so funny, but so grim at the same time. Look, she was a little asshole. She would have wanted it this way, but yeah. She's looking down right now. And she's smiling. She's like, "Good job, Alex." I'm gonna save this moment. And that's gonna be a shirt. <laughs> like at some point, when first wants to die, takes off. Like, New Year, dead man. <laughs> what was that inspired by? Oh, Alex losing her cat. <laughs> Who made that insensitive joke, Alex? <laughs> Um, um, back to, back but to, uh, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about the music because I uh, the music also is a huge uh, has a hilarious element of this film where every song is just describing what is happening on screen. <laughs> but honestly, they all I could like, think about was like Shaft. All I could think was Shaft. <laughs> yeah, because a lot from what I recall from that movie, a lot of the songs were just about him walking. They every were time all, he got to a new place, it was just about just, him walking there and getting there. Yeah, and then saying his name. And then the, so that, that. That, that, that type of music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I honestly didn't really notice the music that much while watching the movie. I just, I honestly just thought of Shaft because I was like, okay. It's like, all... I guess that was like a thing for the Black 70s film. Well, it's just funny, especially like when they're cleaning up the streets and the song comes on like Black Dynamite in his crew. They're cleaning up the streets. And it's just like, okay. Do we need to? Thanks, music man, (laughs) for explaining what we're literally looking at. I mean, thanks. But that's 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 that era. That's that era of film. That is that 70s era. But also, it's almost like uh, a musical, you know? 
Because oh. musicals do musicals do that. They often just sing what they're doing or sing their thoughts, you know. So it was it it had that element to it too. I mean, I know it was homage to the seventies, but it was still kind of a musical going on because you knew exactly what they were doing at all times. I will say also every single moment. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. I, I will say also the thing too is that I love this movie. While it's funny, it does play really well in its lanes it like picks its lanes very well it it isn't like all jokes 24 7 365 like there are moments when black dynamite is just a cool black dude macking it to the ladies and there's no joke there it's just he's a cool guy but then the joke sneaks up on you and comes later and you're like oh we're back in it and <laughs> we're back in comedy land like when he's uh, hanging out with um uh oh, i always forget her name but his love interest in the movie black power Oh, was that her name? Is uh, that... The activist. No, it was the activist of uh, Black Power. Activist. Oh, I, th- I yeah. was about to be like, was that her well, name? Sorry, no, I was thinking about, no, she was part of an activist group. Gloria, Gloria. that's right. Yeah, when he's hanging with Gloria. Gloria, and then they're just walking down the street, just being like, yeah, the streets are great, everything's fine. And it's like, that's like a nice scene. And then Those they run kids. into the girls double dutching, and he's just like, oh, my daddy's, like, my mama says my daddy's name is Mine too. My mama said the same thing too. Uh, uh, shut up, hush up, little girls. Plenty of, plenty of people have um, that name. When you were talking about, like, the serious moments, I thought you meant, like, the, like, more community one. Like, when they're cleaning up the streets. Yeah. And everything. I was like, yeah, that's a serious moment. And then you're talking about the ladies. And I'm like, all right, not the serious moment I was thinking about. Thinking about, you know, when he's rescuing the orphans. Um, that, that scene when is he's, fun you know, for a having... little bit. Until he's like, I'm going to shake the smack out of your body. And she's, it's a subtle joke. But when she's like, we've already tried that. I'm like. Anyway, what, you've already tried shaking drugs out of their system? Because that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. I mean, you shake them, they sweat because they're getting mad all around. I just watch Wequiem for a Dream. That's not how it works. <laughs> so I'm telling you. Sometimes it helps to sweat it out, you know? Three days. Actually, um, it's just... I, yeah, I, like... Uh, the other thing I had a question about is, uh, which I didn't know that you guys have no reference for black exploitation films or or little reference to black exploitation okay. films. Um, but what would uh, what would you say was like the elements that were really working for you with this? Like not knowing anything about this film, not knowing if it was a comedy or whatever, um, that like made you like it. I guess. Well, I knew it was a comedy because he told us it was a comedy. Oh yeah, before, I did say it was before a going in. He told us it was a comedy slash western. Um, no, I said black western got, style. Yeah, because most black exploitation films played on the western tropes because that was what was popular during the seventies. You had a yeah, lot it was of a spaghetti westerns. western style. And so black people, when they made the black exploitation films, they're like, "We're gonna make like our, our kind of our western. Like our heroes yeah. are black dudes who don't care about nothing, who don't care about nobody except a woman and getting their money." That's it. And not getting a little Richard. And saving the community. And like that, because Shaft, for example, Shaft is not a cop or like he's like, I mean, he's, he's, I think he has like ties. I forget because I haven't seen Shaft like in a long a time. He's like a private detective. Yeah, he's like a like private eye. Bounty hunter? Yeah. And, it's like, bunny hunter. and they've had Shaft, two of those re- stuff that FBI agents can do. <laughs> and you're just like, you're just, and no and one's And they've had two him. of the reboots no with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And I've, I've seen the second. Did I watch this? And Jesse T. Jesse Usher and, and uh, the, the, Regina the, the, Hall. Sam Jackson, who I've cool. met. 
Yes, Jonathan. <laughs> Hold on, I think you dropped your names back there. Let me just pick those up for you. Make sure. <laughs> um, but for for me, I I guess I'm more familiar with parodies and references of black exploitation films than I am with actual black exploitation films. Like growing up, I've seen so many references to these films like on tv and sitcoms you know especially within like the black sitcoms when they'll have like an episode or or cutaway where all the characters are you know dressed up in their 70s garb and they're uh it's the um jive turkey and they're using all that kind of lingo and everything um talking yeah so it was very much like (laughs) kind of what i expected i guess you could say um yeah, it's very it's it's very much in line with what I thought it was going to be in the fact that I'm watching a parody of a black exploitation film and not an actual black exploitation film itself. Well, it is a it is a black exploitation film, but it's also a parody of one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um for me, I was not sure what to expect because you guys had given me some minimal information um and again, I'm not used to watching those films. I found it very entertaining and it was like really like good. Um, but yeah, all I could think about were references like to Shaft or to old SNL skits or Mad TV skits, things where I have seen, they have done parodies of, you know, those movies, the, you know, and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of aware they're just pretty much grabbing any stereotype, especially the bigger ones, you know, with the chicken and waffle, um, (laughs) and bringing it, you know, bringing it in. And I was like, oh, so it's basically just a movie of stereotypes which i'm certain that was what the whole 70s of black exploitation it's all right <laughs> the exploitation of black people in the 70s was was just putting stereotypes which makes sense because i have you know seen these old movies you know from like the 1940s to the night like i skipped movies from like the 60s and 70s i was never a fan but you can see what they were parroting or what they were the stereotypes they were taking from those even older films you know and it's that whole okay i'm getting your cultural reference in here but at the same time i'm getting kind of annoyed because i'm like what is this stupid stereotype (laughs) but then you're right i had to kind of remind myself it was a parody it wasn't a direct exploitation of black people films, um, but it was a parody mocking it. But at the same time, it was just like, I can't, I can't handle movies that have too much stereotypes. But then, cream corn, I enjoyed it so much because of him. He was great. And those luscious curls. Uh, so I guess overall, is it rating time? Uh. Yeah, this is a short episode. We well, we've been going for we, we we've been going for for well, um well, almost forty five minutes there, now. Yeah. There is a, <laughs> I've heard there might be a sequel. There. Okay, so here's the thing there about is, here's the thing about the sequel. There's so there's no black like originally everyone thought it was going to be Black Dynamite two, but now it's not Black Dynamite two. It's just the same people, but the new movie is a western, like an actual western this time called uh the outlaw johnny black uh starting still sounds kind of racist it's starring the same cast Mm -hmm. uh michael jai white byron minns i don't know if all the supporting characters are coming back like tommy davison and kim whitley i think maybe they like because byron minns and michael jai white are like the two big main ones main people that made black dynamite so they're the they're coming back but i don't know if everybody else is 
Um, but the, it is it is made in like the same style. It's going to be a parody of westerns, but like a black western, um, as opposed to just being a straight black exploitation film. And uh, so they're just know. trying to make a western with black people, more or less. And it's like, but it's still going to be a comedy. Uh, and they've I think they released a trailer, if I'm not mistaken, that you can find on the internet. Um, I tried looking for it because I saw that they were good. I. But see, here's the thing. When it comes to that sequel, do you think they can do it without? Yeah, there is a trailer. Without, yeah. yeah, without causing such huge, I don't want to say, ins- but using so many stereotypes. Well, here's the thing the about, the stereo- during- like about the stereotype thing. Because the thing is, is that, you know, black people, like cause, uh, black, the black exploitation films were made by black people. So these are things that that black people inside jokes can at that time, like yeah, they considered to be things that were important to them. It's why like their heroes were, you know, like Superbad, for example. The main character of that film is a pimp. Like, and it's like a pimp is not something you should aspire to be. But in this movie, he's this pimp that knows kung fu and fights for the right thing, even though in reality. A pimp is like the last thing any black person who's like, yo, being raised by a good mama and a good dad don't want you to be. But that's, but it's, you know, that was kind of their idea of like, this is our version of an outlaw is a pimp who, who fights the man and doesn't, doesn't let anybody tell him what he is and is not going to do, you know, in his neighborhood or Foxy Brown, you know, or Shaft or all these people who are kind of like these black outlaws is the way they kind of describe them. And so, um, and they, yeah, they drink malt. Some of them drink malt liquor. They hang out at like, you know, restaurants where they serve, you know, chicken and stuff. And so it's like for Black Dynamite, it's not so much that it's stereotypes as much as it's just, these are the things that were important in those films. Like things that were just hit in all of them where it's like, oh, everybody's pimps and pushers and you know, everyone says jive, turkey, afros are big, you know, and then, like, the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles thing is mostly just a joke on yeah, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, the thing, mostly because that's a big thing in the black community where it's like, man, you ain't never Which been I to Roscoe's? You ain't never been to Roscoe's? Yeah. Roscoe's is delicious. It's like, I, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I could just make my own chicken and waffles. I don't need to Wait, Alex, have you ever had Roscoe's. chicken and waffles? <laughs> no. Oh, it's so get good. You on it. So good, you can get, you can. IHOP serves chicken and waffles. Yeah, That's but how good uh, don't don't I'm not, don't, I'm not don't, like, judge, don't go to don't IHOP. Judge by, don't judge by IHOP standard. Not to diss no. IHOP. I mean, if you <laughs> if you go, I love their chicken fried steak. That's really good there. They season it surprisingly well. Um, I have not. No, I'm not opposed to it. I'm willing to eat it. I'm always happy to eat anything. Another food episode: chicken and waffles. Yeah. <laughs> Will you guys eat a salsa that I make? We already did. Maybe. Yeah, of course. Remember we you tra- ate a salsa. We tested that salsa you were making. Oh, yeah, that's right. My, yeah. Well, my sister and me were working on mm-hmm. for a while, which was really fun. But, you, you know, uh, yeah, so that's that's just what, like, yeah. So it's not so much a stereotype thing. It's just these are the things that were in black exploitation films at the time. So that's what we're going to put in this movie. It, um, but so the newest movies, one isn't going to be so much of a exploitation film 
Sorry, I can't say the other word. I try. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be so much that, but it's more just going to be the Western style. Isn't the Western style, though, stolen more so from the, uh, like, samurai movies? Mm-hmm. Too? Like, the loner comes into town, beats everybody up, and... Actually, that's, like, every film with a male character. Loner comes in town, beats up whoever, and then gets the girl. It's weird because Byron Min looks <laughs> like he's still going to have the same, Thank like, you. bullhorn voice, though, in the movie. <laughs> well, I think he needs to have it. I That's like him. So, like, the Western is still going to be, I'm Byron Mins, and I'm talking about outlaw Johnny Black. And you're just like, this is not Black Dynamite, but you're still going to be, <laughs> I guess you're still going to be a little bit like bullhorn. Well, okay. Um, and, you know, so I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for a sequel from them. I trust them. It looks like it's going to be made kind of like for the same budget. It doesn't look like they're going to, it's going to be something like, um, like a Zoolander 2, where it's like, all right, well, the first one's funny because you didn't know what you were going to do. Like, yeah. You were kind of just, you know, messing around. And now it's like, oh, now we're going to give you like so much budget. You can do all the ridiculous things. And it's like, no, the movie's funny because we don't do all of them. We do some of yeah. them. And so Black Dynamite looks like it's going to, like, no, we're going to make it for our own money. We're going to make it pretty much for close to the same budget, or at least make it look like it's made for close to the same budget. And I, I think the reason they're not doing a Black Dynamite 2 is because the cartoon was made. And it is that, and so basically. It's like, and it's yeah, Black, well, Black Dynamite, the cartoon, is like a prequel. Because, of course, if you've seen this movie, Cream Corn's dead, Bullhorn's dead, <laughs> so... The, but the cartoon, all of them are alive and they go on adventures. And the the adventures they get up to in the cartoons are so ridiculous that it's like, how does the movie tie into this? Because the movie is pretty down to earth compared to the cartoon, in which the first episode they fight gangster puppets. Like it's like if Sesame Street was all Wait. pimps and pushers, and literally the puppets are sentient creatures. They're not like people with like like with their hands up their butts or whatever. No, they're just puppet people. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, in the same universe where this movie exists, there's a place where there's puppets. Sentient puppet people. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where it's a different universe, but it's the same it's the same world. It's an alternate universe. The cartoon. Yeah. That would give Rob nightmares. Uh, like nah, they're, they're... I used to, I I actually want to make a puppet. I do too. Because I used to I, I used to have puppet. a little. I had a lovely uh the what are they called marionette the puppet. puppets marionette puppet. It was a very racist Spanish one. I got it when I was visiting family in New Mexico. My mom's like sure. Uh, my mom is too supportive sometimes, and yeah, it was a really racist Mexican one, and like I got semi good at it but um i have short chubby fingers and with that you need like a, like flexibility and like stress yeah i don't i don't have that i want a muppet style puppet of, the, of myself i want to learn how to make one so i, think I awesome. i'm gonna make, a, I'm gonna I, make a I i also um, had um i also had one of those marionettes uh as a kid that i got on vacation as well yeah. <laughs> to go and um I also, along the lines, I guess we're talking about puppets now, but I also, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this story. I'll make it quick. But when I was in um, uh, fifth, fourth, fifth grade around that time, um, fifth grade, because we were the older like kids out of the elementary school, 
the older kids would put on, uh, so I went to the private uh, Christian school um, and we would put on uh, puppet uh, like shows. Uh, and they were like, back in the day, they were like, they felt so high production, but it was just like a stand in front of the thing. And <laughs> we would go out with the puppets, but the puppets were like high quality. And um, we would, we at the beginning of the year, we chose our puppets and everything. And everyone chose our puppet and they only had one black boy puppet and there was another black boy in the class and i and so you walked over to him and was like i'm sorry but you're gonna have to leave um there can only be one and uh it's me so uh, he he ended up just got to roll he, out of here he ended up he ended up getting the the puppet so i had a white kid oh, i had a white puppet and i was i was disappointed but at the time but that's, it was that's it was, my, it was it was it was that's my favorite joke um, in not another teen movie when that black dude shows up at the party he's like hey man I'm the black guy at this party. Oh, damn, my yeah. bad. I didn't know that. I'm I'm a bounce. That's that's my mistake. <laughs> yeah, I, remember. I was thinking that scene too. Like, I mean, I'm the token. Like, you can't can't really do that. Um. Oh, one last thing about Black Dynamite, though, that I wanted to ask you guys is, what do you think about the the ending of this movie? Because well, for I did me, have a question for you guys as well, but we'll go with yours first. Yeah, because the ending of this movie is where I think the parody goes a little too far. Because at first it's like, all right, we're dealing with black exploitation. Now we're we're like the president knows kung fu now, and we're just like going to the White House. Like I get what you're trying to do, but it feels like you are now going. Well, I to the extreme. I thought it was in line with how outrageous it was going. It started, you know, at a at a fair place. Then it gradually went up and got more and more outrageous. So I thought that was <laughs> intentional. So I didn't see any problem with it, but I could see how it's like, really, we gonna get. We gonna get uh, Nixon involved? Yeah, yeah. Nixon was really, <laughs> really. He would not react the way he did. Um, he would not take the easy option, <laughs> which you know was just that Nixon watch out for his people. Uh, so and it was a little weird. The bondage and the cross-dressing although photos. the ghost ghost abe lincoln showed up oh, that made me laugh <laughs> i laughed out loud I when ghost abe lincoln just just out of nowhere ghost abe lincoln's just like oh snap black dynamite needs help mm. <laughs> and he just goes he back was, like literally there and just like bopped nixon on the head and then he sits back down and <laughs> he disappears yeah and like neither character acknowledges but like lincoln just came out of a painting like nobody's that was hilarious. I was like, "Oh my god, what the heck is happening?" <laughs> you know, Nixon actually would have uh, Nixon Lincoln would have done that. He used to wrestle. Mm. The man was really, really buff. Like he was built. Well, all men were back then. You know, men like men were men back then. Well, yeah. Jerome, you're gonna get us canceled. <laughs> anyway, Alex, what was your question for us? <laughs> well, I was gonna say, was there anything you two as a black men found like? just like insulting or offensive something that was like even though you understand you know the film is supposed to be this way and anything did you ever think something went like too far with the stereotype or was just like you know i just rather not have this in any future films even if they're going to continue anything like black dynamite or something of that nature i mean uh for me not really because i i felt like um because it was so, you know, like over the top, 
that they were portraying to the audience okay please 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 like don't take this seriously um the one thing that i was like maybe that maybe crossed my mind during the movie now that i'm thinking about it is like uh the idea of this black man fathering all of these children and that that whole stereotype um but then again it, i i i was just thinking about it like within the context of uh the parody in the movie and the payoff of the joke um with the two kids when they were jump roping and um being like oh my my mom says my my daddy's name is black dynamite too and it was funny so i guess the payoff was was worth it um as long as it's it's but it would it would be in the future you'd rather not have that come up again unless the payoff is good enough Oh, the main... Like that joke, because it was funny. Because he's like, "Hey, hey shut up." That's the right. Cartoon takes the, the cartoon takes it to the next extreme where uh, they just put because the whole thing in the movie is that he's like, he's quote unquote adopted all these whores that don't have pimps. In the uh, cartoon, he has what is known as the orphanage, which is a whorehouse, but also an orphanage in which orphans and whores stay in the same place where he's and he takes care of all of them takes care of his hoes and he takes care of these orphans you know and it's very important to black dynamite <laughs> like he is helping these women and their children but at the same oh, time the, none of their children are theirs they're <laughs> these, are, these are just random orphans these kids. are just random children he has not picked off, off is, the these street. are random orphan kids um, from the streets that are that doesn't yeah there are orphan kids that are on the from the streets uh they're not none of these kids are That's theirs. So they, you know, and Honeybee takes care of them all. <laughs> Honestly, in the end, it just sounds like a, a brothel. Well, actually, they they mention it a lot. There's a lot of times where they bring up the orphanage concept because they're like, "What idiot would <laughs> would put horses when you put the, yeah. together?" And Black Dynamite is always like, "I did," and they're like, mm, "Never mind. This man can break me in half." And now we're in a cartoon, so he could literally break me in half. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to question it. Whatever. Uh, what What about you, Jerome? Was there like just a joke or a stereotype? Anything that you were like, I just don't want them to bring into like the newer movies if they're going to continue, if they do make another like the Western black exploitation film? Or is it like uh, you kind of have more in the mind that as long as the payoff is good, uh, the as long as the joke settles well and the payoff is done take more tastefully like you're cool with it it like for me i'm i'm down for like especially as a fan of comedy like comedians and and how how to tell a joke um i like i have always been in the realm of if it's funny and the delivery is like well set up and i see like okay i see what you're doing with the joke and it pays off I'm down. And it's not just um, like an insult even, or a slur. Right. It's not you're trying to be just you're just being offensive for the sake of being offensive. Um, in regards. So I'm down. But in regards to this movie specifically, like if white people made this movie, I would feel offended uh, entirely. But because I know black people made this movie and the jokes in here are not so much stereotype for the sake of stereotypes. They don't know what else to do, but that they're analyzing a genre and analyzing a, a period in film where a lot of black people, for a lot of black people, this is all they had. Like, these were their heroes as far as, like, 
on film. Like for them, Shaft was Black Panther. Like that that was the closest thing they had to it. It's a predominantly black film like a film made by a black person, written by a black person, with a predominantly black cast. And the hero is this dude who, for all intents and purposes, ain't really struggling or whatever. He's not you know, maybe he's from the projects, but he's not in the projects. Like he's a dude who's got his life together. His biggest thing is there's problems going down and I'm gonna fix them. And that's it. And so uh, to see a, a a filmmaker and a writer like go in and kind of make a comedy that both celebrates those tropes, but also makes fun of them too, and can have kind of a laugh, and, and especially because you know this is coming out during two thousand nine. So at this point, you know, black people can get a higher budget uh, to make bigger and better. It films was the year Obama got inaugurated. Yeah, it's like you know, so we we hadn't hit a point where we were. You know, where Black Panther had come out, Black Panther hadn't come out yet, but at the very least, like, we were, like, there was room that maybe at some point we were going to get there. We were going to get to movies like Black Panther and stuff like that. So I I appreciate this movie. I appreciate them going the full mile to, like, include those things because those things are what made black exploitation films a, a staple in black history. And especially in black film history. Do you guys think um, with like the way the cancel culture is nowadays and things like that and kind of that interaction with how much people have control over social media and stuff and how they can influence things so much more than honestly any of us can really believe at times. Do you think a film like this, if it was made in the modern day, because I know TV shows can kind of get away with a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But do you think if a black ex black black exploitation film <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep trying but I can't. Uh a black exploitation film like this was made in the here and now with all these like um the stereotypes, everything down to the last detail, do you think it would be a success? Do you think it could survive? Because now that we have stuff like, you know, Black Panther and Jordan Peele showing, you know, uh black people surviving in horror films basically. Um, do you think something like this would be able to be a success standing next to, let's just say, yeah, Jordan Peele and, you know, Black Panther? Or do you think it would just end I up think, being put on the cancel culture side? I think there's a, there's, you know, there's always a possibility I for that. I think it would all depend on how it's marketed because mm. people like to take things in small bites and small doses and run with it. So if they see a trailer and it's just full of, I don't know, every single, uh, the the most extreme stereotype that they could find and packed it into the two minutes of the trailer and people watched that and shared it, then, you know, that would lead to a lot of outrage and a lot of people um, being in their feelings. Um. However, if they didn't do that, one of the examples uh, that I was thinking of was like um, the trailer for the first season of uh, Dear White People on Netflix. If you look on that trailer now, I think there's like it, the dislike to like ratio is like 10% likes and 90% dislikes. Uh, yeah, really? on the De Dear White People season one. And I remember there were a whole bunch of videos of people just reacting to that and being like this is racist what if there was a dear black people 
But anyways. Which I said they should make. I think somebody should make the Dear Black People because I would love to see what white people want to say to black people. I already, already know, know that. what they would like to say. There's a President <laughs> well, Trump in the world. I He's meant, already said everything they needed. Fair they enough. But say. I meant in the context of way the, sh- the the Dear White People uh, ra- radio station. Uh, the Dear White People establish it. You know, they were talking about the system and all that and everything. And if there was a Dear black people could they keep that same patron it's the same way where i'm always like yeah i think we should have a straight pride parade because i think it would be fun um no men can touch without saying no homo (laughs) the women can only eat hot dogs men cannot eat hot dogs for the whole month (laughs) um you all have to wear shorts in cold weather so we do need to have that because that's like a bro thing uh, so it needs to be in like a winter time. So all that's a white man bro shirt. thing. Black people mostly just <laughs> wear. Well, wear honestly, if black people could, people... if it wasn't for the summer, black people would wear long jeans every well, think day. About this. <laughs> how, often when I hear we need to have a straight pride, it is not from people of color mm. because they understand why there is a pride. So like we do have to, you know, go by some stereotypes and trying to. It's very hard to think of some straight stereotypes. Uh, so the shorts thing come to mind. So sh- straight males that tend to wear shorts in wintertime. You're right, white ones in basketball shorts. Um, and that whole thing. And I'm like, I think it would be great because then nobody touches anybody. There we go. And guys can't eat Especially hot dogs in for the Corona whole times. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna Maybe say that's the only way to get people to stop going out. <laughs> um, I was gonna say it. It can be done if it's. Well, to this degree, it has to be a comedy. It it can't work if it's not taken in jest. Because if you're if all of this was to be meant to be taken seriously, a people would say this is a terrible film. But b it would be very tone deaf. Um, that being said, though, the black exploitation genre is still able to do. It just doesn't sell the same way because they've done in recent years. They did a remake of Superbad. Um, that was like more of a modern telling, um, or modern version of Super Bad, and it was okay. Um, it wasn't like amazing, but it was all right. But it tried to be like a modern black exploitation. Uh, Taraji P Henson did Proud Mary, which was kind of like a black exploitate, like a female femme fatale black exploitation movie. And uh, both those movies, while I think they did make their money back, um, they were never big hits. Black exploitation really isn't like the big genre it used to be. Um, but that being said, the movies weren't bad. So I think it just would require like somebody who's really passionate um, to go in and write something that would be very interesting, but still play on those tropes really well. Um, some people could probably argue that the Luther TV series with starring Idris Elba is kind of plays off modern black exploitation ideas. Is that show still going on? I don't think so. I think it's ended now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of people say that's like a black exploitation show, uh, like and not literally, but just that it plays off kind of those tropes of the black hero, um, like or the black outlaw. So I would like to see um, what comes next. Um, some people have tried, and it's kind of just been mixed results. But I think right now the way black media and black entertainment is. Uh, we're now in the in the realm of like you know more thought provoking black content seems to be the way to go stuff like Atlanta and Insecure 
Um, Which is ending sadly. Yeah. Uh, You know, that sort of thing. Or stuff like Black Panther, where it's like black people are like, all right, we've gotten stuff that's low budget. We want high budget. Like, we want to see what y'all can do if, like, we have a predominantly black cast and it's like this space hopping adventure like Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that, where it's like, what can you do if that's a black cast? Like, how does that movie look? So, I think that's where we're kind of. So, it's kind of changing. It's still tropes that are being filmed just now. It's no longer the black tropes that are being forced in older films. Now they're able to use the tropes because they have the budget for it. You know, like Black Panther and, you know, the daddy issues that every superhero seems to have. (laughs) He got to have that just like every other superhero, but it wasn't because it was like a black issue and not knowing your father, that fun stereotype there. Um, it was more just because he was a superhero and that's kind of where he needed his struggle to come from. Yeah. So it's, so it's kind of like, it's still a trope and it's still kind of going with the stereotype, but it's no longer connected to that stereotype. Well, it's more like, it's just like uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I remember when I watched that movie, I my complaint was that it was very stereotypical in its depiction. Like, yes, the cast is predominantly Asian, but the roles are still the same. You still have the gay cousin who is like just there to just tell some sassy jokes and be friends of the of the female lead because she's not with her family; she's with the other. And I remember uh, seeing the or having reading reading some comments from the test screening, and they were complaining about. I think it was the producers or somebody was complaining about the airplane scene, and everybody during the test screening loved that scene because. Well, that's yeah. They that's what I was going to get like, to. Yeah, that, yeah, that they. We, yeah, it was a stereotype, but they hadn't had that for them. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just more so just depending on the tropes that are now introduced with black films makes it really moving forward and kind mm-hmm. of avoiding now the old black exploitation. Films. Yeah, and I think that that has a that's a point. It's valid. Um. Because I feel like I'm one of those people who are like, let's see the crossing of the things that we haven't seen before. Like, let's see, like with Crazy Rich Asians, even though we have seen those cliches before, we haven't seen them with Asian people. Let's see, uh, we, even though we've seen a wizard movie or a or a, um, a a fantasy movie a thousand times before, we haven't seen it with an all-black, and all-Latino uh, cast or anything like that. So let's, 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 let's see visually what we haven't seen before. Or if we do, or, or just change up the style, because it's like, oh, if it's a fantasy movie, if you see black people, oh, they're the savage people from the land where they still throw spears and, you know, hunt down their animals hand-to-hand. And it's like, all right, look, just because it's fantasy doesn't mean the black people have to be from an Africa-like region. Like, you can, there could be a black swordsman. And that's just his thing, is that he grew up in Europe. Always and he jungle, did, too. Yeah, and it's stuff like that. The jungle, like, like, why yeah. don't they ever land on a planet that's like a forest? They did that with, like, Avatar. <laughs> no, even that was more mimicking a jungle than a forest, really. But, you know, it's like, so I think Black Dynamite, something like a Black Dynamite, is, is meant to be comedy. But the tro- like uh, the Superbad remake, for example, in that, like, original Superbad, he's a pimp. That's his thing. Pimp slash drug dealer. That's the hero. In the remake, they were like, okay, if we're doing a more modern thing, maybe being a pimp and drug dealer, first of all, is too easy to get caught by the police. And this guy is supposed to be, like, 
really good at what he does. You know what? Let's make it where he's super smart. Yes, he's a drug dealer, but he's not dumb enough to just have cash money. He makes his turns his money into cryptocurrency, and that's how he's rich. And it's like, on one hand, all right, well, people don't really know how crypto works, but that's interesting that your black hero is so smart. He does. So it doesn't matter if you don't know how it works. It's just like, that's something I've never seen before. I've never seen a black person that, like, finances is not an issue for them in a movie. Like, most black characters in movies, their whole, like, most of their motivations is, I got to get this money. And it's like, this character's like, nah, I got plenty of money because I'm smart. I invested. <laughs> it's like, I, I figured it out. And it's like, that's new. That's different. I've never seen that before. So, with that being said... Are we now ready to make our final thoughts and ratings? <laughs> yeah, ratings. Yes. Final yes, yes. Let's make those. Okay, uh, Alex. These are good questions. These are good yes. questions. Yes, Alex, you can go first. <laughs> um, Jerome, you can go first. Actually, <laughs> I was just trying to think. I'm like, well, I did enjoy it. Sometimes it got a little much, like with the opening scene as we spoke. Um. <laughs> One of the reasons I had always stayed kind of away from like 70s and 60s films is because they really arched into, you know, sexual content. And I'm not too much of a fan of that, um, just because I think it's kind of unnecessary when you're just throwing it into storyline sometimes, especially like in horror and drama. Like there's something going on more serious. Do you really need to be having sex right now? Like there's a man killing people outside but like no this is the perfect time um so that's another reason i do tend to stay away from 60s and 70s films so that did bring my rating down a bit um i would say like a c c plus i thought it was a very good film not knowing much about it i was still very entertained um again oh no corn cream corn <laughs> is like i love him and it it was so funny because tommy davison um plays the dad in the proud family mm -hmm. oscar and sometimes i heard that voice when he was talking in the movie and my mind jumped to the proud family i'm like oscar, that's what, what i was saying he has such a distinct <laughs> yes. voice he really does and like i would go and just start thinking i'm like was this oscar before he <laughs> met his wife like that's what he was doing Prequel. um so yeah but like a c plus because i did enjoy it i thought it was funny it just not my type of movie however so that's pretty much the only issue okay. i have with it uh i'll go next um mm. i you know i had i i had a fine time with it um i uh laughed at multiple points um it was you know enjoyable for the for the for the most part uh and it was very much like leaning into those those uh those black exploitation movie tropes that the one the ones that i am aware of and yeah it was it was overall um a good time i i the reason why i'm giving it this rating is because it is what it is and um it, it was it was like it, it's not one of those movies where i'm gonna be like oh yes i need to go back to this yes i'm gonna this this movie was sick it was awesome whatever um so i'm gonna give it a b and and 
yeah, I just had a I I I had a fine time with it. Jerome. Uh, for me, this gets a you know A plus. Um, <laughs> only because for me, it's it's I like I like this is why I was interested to hear you guys' opinions. Uh, because it's like, you know. You have a, a person who's like knows a little bit about the black exploitation genre, and then a person who knows who's never, you know, not very well versed in it. And so I was curious to hear what you what you thought about it. Uh, but for me, it's like I know all about that black exploitation era because I, I I'm a huge fan of uh, film, so I've dived into it and heard about it and read about it and watched the movies. And so for me, this movie does an amazing job at parodying that time period but at the same time uh still kind of forging its own continuity its own kind of reality of this ridiculous like world where you know a dude like there's a kung fu island (laughs) like at the same time where there's just this neighborhood in wherever america uh so i like I like this film a lot. I think it's very funny. I always laugh every time I watch it. Um, I think the writing in it is very sharp, but it also works really well in tandem with the filmmaking uh, for them to put in the subtle jokes that are just references to how black exploitation films were just filmed versus just like line delivery and stuff. It doesn't rely on, it doesn't always rely on lip service to tell a joke. And I think that's really smart and interesting for a film to do, especially a parody film, because a lot of parody films, that is that is the only thing they have to rely on, is a lot of very, very witty dialogue. And this movie can tell jokes with just the way it's cut together. Uh, and I think that's really cool and interesting. Um, so for me, this movie gets an A+. Uh, for those who are also not well-versed in the black exploitation era, by the, uh, by the way. And you want some recommendations. I cannot recommend enough Foxy Brown, Shaft, Superbad, or... Um... Give the year of the Shaft one you are recommending, because remember we're oh, talking the, about... The yeah, remakes. The remakes and everything. Watch, which, which, which Shaft are you talking about? I'm talking original Shaft. Hold on, I'm going to look up 70, the year right now. 70-something. 70 70s Shaft. This is 19... Uh, dang it. <laughs> See, oh, I got you. 1971. 1971 Shaft is the best one. Granted, there is sequels to that Shaft movie specifically. Uh, there's Shaft's Big Score and Shaft in Africa. Watching the original Shaft. There's also a TV series. There is a TV yes. series as well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, watch the original Shaft. It's great. The music is great from Isaac Hayes. Uh, Superbad's got a soundtrack by Curtis Mayfield. He did the music for that. So all of the, those are like my three top recommendations to get you started. Um, and then after that, you know, dive into some of the some of the other crazy stuff, you know, Badass, uh, uh, Dolomite, if you like that, uh, Cleopatra Jones. There's all great. There's a lot of great ones. So, yeah. Um, awesome. There's some uh, recommend. Yeah. There's some recommendations for you. If you have a favorite black exploitation film, let us know. You can hit us up on all social media at the first ones to die. You can also email us at first ones to die at gmail.com. If you made it to the end of the episode, go to our social media and spam us with uh, little Richard in the comments. And that way we'll know that you got to the end of this episode and you know, you're riding with us. So <laughs> with that being, 
I still stand by that you made a dick joke, Jonathan. <laughs> well, we're gonna get out of we're gonna all get we're gonna get spammed by them pretty soon here. Watch. Out of all three of us, it would be you. I did not. Pick all right. Well, uh, what you should see coming is that I'm gonna ask you for your social media information. So, Alex, go ahead and hit us with that. I'm on Instagram, living my okayest life. I also mainly control the TikTok of the first ones to die. So you will see me posting there a lot and just being weird sometimes because it's fun. TikTok's a weird place and you get in there and you just get out. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Jerome. Uh, just Instagram. Jerome, how about you? You can follow me at not Jerome Rhett on Instagram. Uh, still doing January, so check out some of the stuff and again i said it already but i'll say it now if you are a musician go ahead and you know if you either uh send some links to us at first was die gmail.com uh to some of our uh, some of your music if you make music or if not you know you want to just take part of january you know it's a thing on social media where you just make a song every day in january i'm not gonna lie i've skipped a few days but it's just because i've been busy but your newest one, uh, the one you have just put up today, the 23rd, is actually up on our Instagram story right now. Uh, so you can go just hear a little bit of it and maybe click on Jerome's link and continue listening to some of his other music. That, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, also, like, and uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I would love to listen to whoever's listening to this podcast. I'd love to listen to your music. Give it a listen. and. Uh, you know, if I like it, I'll definitely let you know. If I don't like it, um, I don't know what I'll say, but I'll, it will still it'll probably be positive, let you know. I know that you know that I won't. I won't be know. very. Neg- I won't be negative. I promise. Uh, and also uh, trying to get RoboZoo Media at RoboZoo Media on Instagram. Get that page up and going. So uh, content will be up there yeah. at some point. Nice. I'll let you. Still I'll keep you updated. First one to die website too. Where we'll, we'll introduce the merch. New Year, Dead Meat. Yep, that'll be the first shirt. <laughs> you can buy it. I think right now the shirts are our little skull logo. <laughs> and now this. <laughs> it's our future logo. Our future shirt. If only, what meat. about you, Jonathan? If, getting, yes. getting, if, you if know, only off we had that, that, that merch available January 1st. That would have, like, at the beginning of the <laughs> year. To... Whoa. Well, I mean, you know what I we could do. Oh no! Yes, we could do a limited edition, right? Like where it's like uh, we put out the shirt and then we take it away for a while. When it comes back, January first, twenty twenty two, get the New Year dead meat. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and Jonathan, where can people find you? Okay, uh, Alex. It's this is just. I know. I know. Yeah, this is like. It's just who I am, and I know this, but sometimes I feel like I go too far. So please, Jonathan, tell us where we okay, can find you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll move the subject. Yes, uh, you can find me at, uh, what is my handle? Jonathan Keys. it's my name. Like, why did I forget that? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. And uh, we will definitely be having another one of these trivia nights so that... Alex or I can have a chance to overtake Jerome as the trivia champion, and we can hopefully share a movie of our own. Mm. Uh, also, but for next episode, it's gonna be ultimate battle. Not really, but <laughs> it's gonna be villains versus anti-heroes argument. I'm prepared. I've got my, I got my, 
Like, no. It's, it's, it's not that, like, one of us is anti-hero, one of us is villain. No, no, no. It's more just arguing what is an anti-hero and what is a villain. I mean, Mostly, I come, I, I come with examples of how you're trying to explain an anti-hero to me and a villain, and, like, technically there's no such thing as a villain. The, argument, the argument's based off Maleficent. We'll get into it more next week. <laughs> yes, you will hear how yes. I'm correct. And we'll find a way that I can be a part of this conversation Chime in there because <laughs> I have no stake. Pretty much, in Jonathan's <laughs> going to be uh, trying to calm us down as he does most of the time when we get into these conversations, and being like, "Let's let's focus, yes. guys. Let's not name call either." All right. With all that being said, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We will see you next Monday for our next episode. And we hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.